Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 6 The Little Blue Ox Part 1 In addition to the stories of his great logging feats in Maine, there are also several interesting things told about Paul Bunyan at this time which are conducive to a clearer understanding of his exceptional powers and show his remarkable ability for doing big things in a big way. For instance, he could ride logs through water which ran so fast that it would tear in two any ordinary man who might try to drink of it. It is said of him also that he was the greatest log roller that ever wore caulked boots. A favorite lumberjack sport is rolling a log. A man stands on a big log afloat in the water and starts turning it with his feet, keeping his feet going so that he is always on top and standing safely upright, no matter how fast he gets the log to whirling under him. Paul Bunyan could roll a log so fast that it made foam on the water solid enough for him to walk ashore on, and he is known to have crossed wide rivers in this way. Not all of this foam which he thus caused has disappeared to this day, and occasionally small bits of it may be seen floating down many streams after a heavy rain. As a white water man, though, Probably the greatest and hardest task which Paul ever had was when he pulled a big raft of logs upstream over Niagara Falls. He came very near losing out several times on that adventure, but he stuck to it as only he could do, and eventually succeeded, as usual, in finishing what he had started. He was nearly tuckered out, however, for a few minutes afterwards. Along with his hard work, the great logger enjoyed a little sport now and then. Best of all, he liked to hunt, and no one has ever equaled him as a hunter. He had a rifle that would kill game farther away than the average man could travel in a week and he had invented a shotgun so powerful that it would kill wild geese so high in the air that they would spoil before they could fall to the ground. He had a great deal of trouble that way, though, until he hit on the idea of putting salt on his shot, which preserved the birds as they fell and allowed them to get to the ground while they were still fit for food. Once, while Paul was out hunting, he spotted a deer five miles or so away, sticking its head over a fallen tree. And taking careful aim with his trusty rifle, he fired at it. The deer disappeared, but to his great surprise, 
A second later, it again stuck its head into view. My aim must be getting poor, grumbled Paul as he rubbed his eyes, and then he let drive at the animal again. To his even greater astonishment, the deer's head had no more than dropped out of sight from his second shot than it lifted up in the same place again. The exasperated hunter kept on firing, and each time the strange performance was repeated, the deer bopped up into view again after each shot. He had only twenty-eight cartridges, and he fired them all. It was not until he had used his last one that the deer's head went down and stayed out of sight. Well, I got him at last, but that was certainly poor shooting, Paul muttered sadly to himself as he walked ahead to pick up the carcass of the animal. He was feeling very badly over his poor marksmanship, as was quite natural, since he was always before able to hit whatever he aimed at, no matter how poor the shooting conditions were. One can imagine how surprised he was, and how reassured, when he looked behind the fallen tree and found twenty-eight dead deer there, every one with a bullet hole exactly between the eyes. The whole herd had taken turns at peeping over the deadfall, and Paul had thought that it was the same animal reappearing each time. When he got back to camp, he sent the little chore boy out to bring in the game, which he was able to do in one load, and that evening for supper the crew enjoyed a feast of fresh venison. The remarkable thing about the whole proceeding is that the number of cartridges that Paul had with him should have so exactly coincided with the number of deer in the herd. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.